This is the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel, and it's episode number 58. Welcome to the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel. We're all about highlighting self-help, positive psychology, and books on well-being. We share the content and actionable advice so you can make normal life extraordinary. We are a community of lifelong learners, high achievers, and busy people. Get ready for your download so you can live life happy. I'm your host and addicted to reading, Andrea Seidel. Hey there, Andrea here. I'm so excited. I highlighted another fantastic book, and this one was recommended by one of our listeners, Brenda, and thank you so much. She had this one on her nightstand for a long time, and she messaged me and said, Andrea, would you do me the favor and please read this book? And actually came at a really great time. I'm so excited to have highlighted this book because it had so many pieces that resonated with me. Now, welcome to the program. If this is your first time here, this is where I highlight books in as little time as possible. I used to say 15 minutes or less, but it actually ends up being more like 20 minutes, sometimes half an hour, depending on the book. And what I do is I suck out all the actionable nuggets. So I not only highlight the book, I also suck out the actionable nuggets and the positive psychology and the actionable, like being able to turn the knowledge into action for your life. So I kind of coach the concepts. So thank you so much for joining us. If you've been coming forever, thank you so much for being a loyal listener or viewer, and I really appreciate you. So here's the book that we're highlighting this week. It's called The Assertiveness Guide for Women, How to Communicate Your Needs, Set Healthy Boundaries, and Transform Your Relationships. It's by Julie de Azenda. I knew I was going to say it wrong. Julie de Azevedo. Say that fast five times. Hanks, she's a PhD and oh my gosh, I'm sorry I butchered her name, but this book is so fantastic and it's like decades of research put into this book and it is so powerful and there's so many powerful tools. So this is a wonderful book. Like basically, do you have trouble speaking up for yourself or do you have troubles communicating your needs to others and or are you just having kind of difficulty setting healthy boundaries for yourself at times and then only to sometimes maybe maybe lash out and maybe, you know, lash out in resentment or just like, like that you're not feeling heard or respected. Uh, This book is for you. She really does take us through as a seasoned psychotherapist. She teaches us essential steps in order to help us communicate our needs in a balanced way and to really connect to our emotions and how it can improve our relationships. And these boundaries can really help improve our lives. So from decades of research, as I said, in psychology, um, she basically is teaching us that we as human beings, we are ingrained and have this ingrained desire to have meaningful connections with other people. And it's it's basically, it's essential for our survival. And we're dependent on these healthy relationships, these nurturing healthy relationships, and that it's really important for us to feel secure in relationships. And that's what this book is all about. So if you're a man and you're listening, you know what, there's going to be some actionable nuggets here, although it is targeted towards women, but there's a lot. And if you feel like, you know what, I'm already assertive, I guarantee you there is a lot in here that you're going to get out of this. Um, I know I did, and there's so many usable nuggets that you can apply to your life. And so it's really good. So communication is the major factor 
within all of this. So the major factor behind assertiveness, it's a, it's a form of, uh, communicating. So let's jump right in. So first of all, within her book, she talked about what is assertiveness, right? We need to understand what assertiveness is. So assertiveness is generally defined as the way of which or way we communicate that's clear, confident, and self-assured. So, um, so assertiveness is an actual way of communicating, but it's, it's, is being clear. It's, communicating with confidence and it's being you're self-assured you're you know what you're saying you know what you're trying to communicate you know what you're trying to get across and in a confident manner so when you're asserting yourself or when you are assertive you are able to express these feelings you're able to express your needs and your wants and you're not infringing on other people's rights so I love the way she put it in her book, and that's just it, right? It's the ability to really express your thoughts, your feelings, your needs, and your wants um, without, you know, downplaying or hurting anybody else. And so this is the guide. So, so done effectively, you can articulate your unique sense of self, and you can also maintain fantastic connections and actually foster better relationships in your life. So assertiveness is about having the courage to express difference. And I love that that's what it is, right? Because sometimes we aren't assertive because we're worried about what people might think or we're not assertive because we uh, don't know really what we're feeling or how to get it across. Um, and so there's there you're going to discover through this book too that there's power in being assertive. And assertive being defined as basically communicating our thoughts, our feelings, our needs, and our wants in a way that's compassionate and empathetic and understanding to others. And I thought that was so, so amazing. Okay. So then she talks about, you know, think about when you, um, think of the word assertive, like what comes up for you. And I know for me, assertive kind of comes up a little bit as dominating and that's just my own, um, that that's what comes up for me. So in this book, she's suggesting that we really think about, you know, what, what comes up for you when you think of that word assertive, because it's important because, you know, what thoughts come to your mind. And, um, so she's really challenging to kind of shift your definition of assertiveness more to a place of understanding that it's a way of communicating that's very clear, that's confident and self-assured that expresses your thoughts, your feelings, your needs, and your wants without infringing on other people's rights. And so it's full of compassion. All right, so then she went in through her book and she talked about a little bit about attachment theory and differentiation. And um, you'll see the reason why this is kind of important. So our early experiences, they kind of provide us with templates for future relationships. So how you grew up and your understanding of attachment or your attachment style is kind of crucial to developing assertiveness. Because if you think about how you relate to other and how you attach your style of attachment to other people in, in all your relationships, it kind of influences how you are and if you are going to be assertive. And so, um, so she talked about psychologist um, Robertson and Balby and their introduction of the attachment theory and that we basically from an early age it sets the stage and creates the template for our style of attachment and so building on that theory uh, she talked about Mary Ainsworth's work and that's all about identifying patterns in, of interaction and so and that there's different styles of attachment so basically there's a secure 
a style of attachment and that's where you have the ability to um, to be close with others and you are trusting of others and trusting that your needs will be met. That's a secure attachment style. And then there's also um, uh, anxious, which is an anxious style of attachments where you're, it's a little bit more difficult to soothe and the, the child tends to be clingy or overwhelmed at times. And then there's an avoidance style of attachment. And this is where um, that they don't seek uh, attachment or connection or contact when they're under distress. They just avoid. And so are you, is anything coming up in your mind here? <laughs> so these relationships or these styles of attachment, they continue into our adulthood. And um, so we basically take our attachment styles with us to our workplace, our friendships, our family, our spouse. And um, it's really, it's just, it's a wonderful way to kind of provide us with self-awareness or self-reflection. So that's why she brought it up within her book. And um, I mean, she d- gave the example of a child neglected of affection throughout its upbringing, they kind of tend to build a shell around themselves and they avoid distress and they suppress personal needs. Now you can see how that greatly would affect your level of assertiveness, right? And greatly affect how you maybe um, get your needs met. So that's why she brought this part in. If you want to delve in more, I always recommend, you know, purchase the book, delve in because there's a whole section on this. And um, so yeah, so basically it's looking Looking at your own upbringing and your attachment style, it's going to allow you to have this reflection. And it's so important to have this reflection in order to really um, understand what your emotional needs are and what your tendency or your behavior tendencies tend to be. And uh, that, so it's just a matter of, so we can grow from that place. All right. Then she talked all about basically the power of self-reflection and relationship Uh, patterns. Um, She did touch on differentiation and basically differentiation is our ability to uh, navigate tension between our desires for our desire for individuality, being ourself, and also our desire for connection to other people. So differentiation is simply that. It's our ability to understand that we ourselves are individual, but then we also seek connection by human nature. So um, it's very important to understand that. when you talk about assertiveness because we still need to be strong within ourselves but we also still need to understand that our desire for connection and connecting to others is also very important so differentiation is important okay so then she talked about self-reflection and relationships and um, so this is all about exploring your early attachment theory history rather and so like what are your earliest childhood memories like really think about it what stories are were you told or what stories are told about you like as a young child like what would someone say happened to you as a child or you know what stories are still going on and you can hear them or like how would you describe your relationship with say your mom or how would you describe your relationship with your dad and this provides you with evidence and one of the tips that she uses to like write five words that best describe your mom and then write five words that best describe your dad or anyone else that provided you with care And the idea is, is just taking this time to reflect on your childhood and kind of, you know, if you were, if you were homesick, who was looking after you and who did the comforting and, um, and, and, and see how that is and what style of comforting did you receive? And it's kind of neat because it literally goes bing. 
it makes a light bulb go off above your head because it's kind of this self-reflection allows you to discover relationship patterns or patterns um, that might show up for you. So we'll go back to that example of someone who felt a little bit um, like not a lot of affection or maybe they had to stay home alone when they were sick from school. Um, That's a very... Um, but that's a distant way. There's not a lot of affection. So that person might uh, have that um, avoidance style of attachment. And then in future relationships, when they feel sick or ill or um, uncomfortable, they won't seek other people for soothing. They'll retract and avoid. And it is pretty amazing just having that reflection, right? Okay. So identify and understand your own style of attachment. Is it an anxious style where you kind of get preoccupied with events or from the past and you feel a little bit more nervous in situations, um, unstable in certain situations? Is your style of attachment more avoidant style where, you know, you dismiss important, um, you know, early relationships or you you tend to be dismissive Um, or is it secure and a style of attachment where you have balance, you're evolving, you have an evolving understanding of relationships and emotions. And now she did emphasize that there's no good or bad style of attachment. So don't think, oh my gosh, like, um, you know, and it can change too, right? Like I know I grew up with a pretty secure style of attachment. But then my first marriage, I create, I suddenly, you know, moved more into an anxious style of attachment. And so it's, it it can change. And then you looking now back at the past, like it's amazing how just this self-reflection is so powerful. Okay. So that was the purpose of that part of the book. Okay. Then she went into what we can learn and what we can do. And this is, you know, I'm obsessed with this part. So it's all about self-awareness. It's all about self self-soothing and emotional management strategies. So she talked about self-awareness is just about being, um, becoming more aware and connected to your emotions and how you can use that information to really offer a guide to your assertiveness communication, assertive communication. So self-awareness is really about becoming and knowing like, okay, well, oh, is that, that's my style of attachment. Oh, that's what I typically do. Or uh, these are my emotions that I'm feeling. Um, and so just that self-awareness is an essential tool to help you so that you can move forward and be more assertive in your communication and clear and direct. And um, so she talked a lot about that. This self-awareness is the first part or the essential part in order to really develop this assertiveness. And um, so, yeah, so connecting and really knowing your emotions and how to use that information to guide you. So emotions are there for a reason, right? They teach us um, that something, you know, something's uncomfortable or something's not right in our environment. So what are our emotions telling us if there are not so great emotions? And remember the book we just highlighted recently, The Upside of Your Dark Side, and it's the power in those those um, so-called negative emotions, and that's with air quotations. Um, not so great emotions are we tend to push away because we seek comfort, but the reality is that they are communicating something to us. And so emotions, in the way she put it within her book, are 
like energy in motion or um, emotions are feelings, right? And so think of an emotion as energy that moves you to take action. I love the way she put that. Isn't that cool? So, you know, if you're feeling anger, well, this is an energy that's kind of pushing you to take action and to, you know, address that emotion and, um, and to move towards growth, which is so powerful. So there's no good or bad emotions. They're all there to communicate to us, right? And so tips, her tips were learn how to name your feelings. Now this is so important, right? Like sometimes we think, oh my gosh, I'm feeling angry, but maybe there's deeper layers to that. Maybe there's other feelings. Are you feeling frustrated? Are you feeling defensive? Are you feeling resentful? Are you feeling heartbroken? Like there might be other feelings that you could use to better describe what really is going on for you. So um, I actually have a whole deck of cards that is like all possible feelings. And I have been known to like print up a list of feelings, like descriptive word feelings and emotions. And it's so powerful because it really allows you to say, you know what? I am feeling this, like this is really what's going on for me right now. And again, it's this self-awareness. All right. Then she talked about kind of learning how to name those feelings. Like, are you joyful, frustrated, defensive, resentful, whatever it is. And so, um, so this word list will help you um, to differentiate, and this is really important, right? She talked about differentiating the difference between thoughts and feelings. So oftentimes we'll be thinking thoughts, um, and we're, we describe them as feelings, right? So you might say, um, I feel the, I don't know, I can't even think of an example now, because um, I always want to say the feeling needs. <laughs> okay, so I feel... Um, I feel like I'm running out of money and that's not true. That's a thought, right? So I feel worried. So adding the, the feeling in there, I feel worried because, um, my, my finances are lower than they usually are. And so there, so that's pulling the thought out of the feeling and kind of, and, um, and making it so that it's more about self-awareness. It's like, okay, here's the thought. And then what you can do, which is so cool, is take it one step further. It's like, okay, well, how much of that thought is true that's causing that feeling? Okay, so now we're getting really deep. <laughs> All right, so the idea is that there's no good or bad feelings and that is really important to learn to name those feelings and those emotions. And, um, and then this will help you develop kind of sucking out your thought from your feelings feeling. And then that way you can really create this emotional intelligence is what SOMO, social and emotional intelligence, emotional intelligence is what we talk about. When you have this um, successful combination of your thinking about your emotions and it's, it's really powerful. So this is all about self-awareness. So self-awareness of feelings and thoughts is a source of information that's going to help you develop this assertiveness, right? Do you see the connection? Um, I totally do, right? Like when you are, un when you understand what it is that, you know, the thoughts that are going on, the feelings that you're having, um, you're better able to communicate in a way that's clear and you're probably better able to get your needs met. And so she did talk about in her next section here, this part's all on self-soothing and emotional management. 
And just also slowing down the process, I find, right? Like when you're angry, it's like, okay, well, let's really look at this anger. <laughs> and then half the time it's like, well, wait, actually, it's not anger. It's actually frustration or, um, you know, you see what I mean? Okay. So self-soothing is all about tapping into emotions and managing these emotions. So particularly difficult ones, right? Like when difficult emotions come up, um, instead of allowing them to control you, it's like you're controlling those emotions. It's all about becoming, creating a strategy of self-soothing. And one of her major tips within her book was on mindfulness and the power of being mindful of these emotions and feelings that are coming up for you. So here are some of her tips. So two-minute breathing. So obviously breathing exercises are so fantastic for emotional management. Um, she did talk about finding the wise mind between the emotional mind and the rational mind. And I love this. So think about it, right? Like if you, if you were to get, think about the last time you were really angry and, you know, think about what your emotional mind said in that moment, right? Um, pretty, pretty, probably some strong words. <laughs> and then think about what your rational mind is saying in that moment, and then she's suggesting to go into your wise mind. Okay, now let's look at this in a wise way. How would my wise mind look at this situation? And that just that process will slow you down. My emotional brain thinks this. My you know rational brain's thinking this. And then here, my my wise brain can make up such a, a better story probably and help me to become more self-aware and self-soothed. It's almost like a more soothing place. So it's not as reactive. All right. So that I thought was really cool. And then she talked about, um, finding, so yeah, finding that wise mind. We talked about that already. And then also she talked about cultivating self-compassion. Like listen to that self-talk. Listen to the voices that you're saying to yourself that are, you know, the, the story that you're saying about yourself when maybe things don't go so right or when you're having certain emotions. Um, she talks about really embracing this idea of self-compassion. And uh, this is a form of self-soothing, right? Be your own best friends or think of friend. Think about how you would talk to you know your child or your best friend if they were in a crisis or a challenge um, so that is her suggestion to self-soothe is to adapt self-compassion and positive self-talk um, she also talked about um, the energy of shame and how just becoming aware of this energy of shame and how um, sometimes we feel um, we feel that we're not good enough or we're not worthy and her suggestion with that was to talk to people that you feel secure with and really investigate, you know, where it is that you're feeling this and where it's coming up. Because sometimes being a fly on the wall or removing yourself from the situation and talking to a supportive good friend, they'll, they'll call you on that, uh, that shame energy. All right. So the next part I love, this is one of my favorite parts actually. And it's all about, um, separating meaning from fact. And sometimes we get really, um, emotional and we get upset or we let our emotions, you know, this is all about emotional management we're talking about right now. Sometimes our emotions take us over, take over, right? We get really angry, frustrated, fearful, and then we act in ways that, and we communicate in ways that actually aren't flattering or effective. And so, and I know you can probably think of a time. And so, um, so this part I love is called separate meaning from fact. And sometimes what happens is we have to be careful with the conclusion 
conclusions that we draw. So sometimes we say things as if they're fact, but they're actually not true. It's just something we fabricated or the story that we're telling ourselves in our brain. Um, I know for me, when I sometimes would get into an argument with my boyfriend, I would say, well, he doesn't love me because someone who loved me wouldn't do that. And so that is not fact. That is actual story and that is something that I was saying that didn't make me feel better. In fact, that made me feel worse and made me feel more angry, made me feel more insecure and frustrated and heartbroken and ah, the list goes on. So the idea with this section for emotional management is to separate meaning from facts. So be careful with the conclusions that you're drawing. And this is a lot of, um, I don't, Byron Katie, she has amazing work on this. It's all about doing the work. And um, she, she has these amazing questions that you can ask yourself to really shed light and so this is her first one. So she always says, be careful with drawing those conclusions. So is this thought true is the first thing you ask for yourself. So when you're thinking something, you can ask yourself, is this thought true? And then you further investigate and you say, can I absolutely know that this is true? And it's amazing that often not. You can't be sure that that is true. And we sometimes really do fabricate things. There might be some like morsel of the truth, but it, we're saying it like it's fact. And again, this is really helpful for emotional management, right? It really helps us think things through um, and just for more self-awareness. And then she talked about the question of how do I act when I believe this thought Wow, isn't that one super deep? Like, that's deep. Like, how do I act when I believe this thought? So when I believe the thought that my husband, my boyfriend doesn't love me, uh, I act in a very insecure way, right? I act in a manner that's not, you know, not good. <laughs> so it shows you that, like, you know, how do you act when you believe this thought? So it shows you the power of that thought that may not be true. Holy cow. So then the, the last question that I love is who would I be without that thought? And this is how we really adapt emotional management. And that's such a great strategy. Okay, so all these things help us, this self-awareness, this self-soothing, and this emotional management really help us so that we have um, this general awareness and this ability to better manage our emotions and so that we can actually transform our relationships and, and, and communicate in an assertive way. So we're connecting to those needs, we're connecting to those feelings, and so that we can effectively, clearly communicate uh, what it is that we would like to, you know, communicate. Okay, so then the next section is all about self-expression. So basically, you know, your stance of communicating. Now, some of these are going to resonate with you and some not, but you're going to adapt this new stance of communicating. All right, so self-expression and there's a stance of communication. So communication um, is assertiveness in action, right? So when you're communicating, you are being assertive. You are putting assertiveness into action. And so how you use your words, your body language, your tone, and even nonverbal cues, they affect, you know, how you're communicating. And so this is all we want to remember that assertiveness is our ability to clearly communicate our emotions, our needs, and our desires to others. And so there's certain forms uh, or standards 
stances that we have a tendency to take. And the first one is called the doormat. And okay, so all you people pleasers out there and you know caretakers, I bet you right away you're like, oh my gosh, I'm the doormat. <laughs> That's my stance. And so, um, and again, there's no good or bad, but the payoff for uh, being more your stance of communication uh, is that you usually communication stances often that you get run over and that, you know, you get run over by others and you also get run over by your own emotions. And so this doormat that she was describing as this category and the payoff is that you have the ability to blame others for, you know, negative things in your life because there's always a payoff why it is that we're doing that or that we people please and or that we're a caretaker, right? So then the next category is called the sword. And this stance actually feels powerful because, you know, you're ready to fight. Um, however, this stance, this stance is, you know, you're willing to protect yourself at all costs. And you can see like some someone who is a sword, has a sword stance of communication, you know, they're ready to fight. And usually it's because they have a tendency to feel a little bit defensive. And then that is, that is the style or stance of communication that they take. So do you see yourself in any of those? You know, are you more of a doormat or are you more of a sword? I know for me, I'm a sword 100%. I get defensive and I will, you know, fight till the death to prove my point and to protect myself. And when I feel threatened or, you know, if someone name calls me, I grew up in a family of like four kids. (laughs) So I definitely got some name calling. And so I think that, you know, going back to our attachment styles and our upbringing, um, that might be where that stance comes from. Okay, so then she talked all about this amazing third stance of communication that she actually recommends that we adapt and that we try to, uh, we try to, you know, create in our life. And it's called the lantern. And I thought it was so beautiful the way she put it. So the lantern is kind of like, you know what, like the candle is protected inside from being blown out. So, you know, our life force, our, you know, our brightness uh, is protected by the glass of the lantern. And it also the lantern sheds light and it illuminates darkness. So I really love this metaphor. And I love the idea that the lantern stance is all about representing an assertive approach. So this lantern stance is actually an assertive approach to communicating. And it is this integration of self-reflection. It's the integration of self-awareness, integration of self-soothing, understanding your what it is you need to express, self-expression. And so it's so powerful because this lantern stance is actually the goal of assertive communication. And you can see how it is, right? Where you really um, adopt this lantern approach to communicating. All right. So she did have some tips. So tips to develop the lantern stance of communication. And I love this one um, by John Gottman. He's the relationship expert. Uh, He has so many fantastic tips. And one of his is to start soft start. So soft start. So science has shown that uh, how we start a conversation determines to a large degree how it will end. 
And so you could use that with a lot of things in your life, right? So how we start a conversation uh, really influences to a large degree how it's going to end. So if we start soft and in a loving, you know, uh, way, like full of gratitude and being grateful or even with a compliment, um, it really is going to support a better outcome and a lantern approach. Okay, so then he also, she also talked about cultivating empathy and just understanding, be compassionate, understanding of others and hear and listen other people's stances and just to know that you can shift from the stance that you're in from sword or doormat you can shift to more of a lantern standpoint of communicating and so her additional tips for self-expression were um, to make really good decisions about the timing of difficult conversations and also make sure that you have a mutual agreeance to the conversation that you're about to have. That was her tip and exercise that soft start. Uh, her other tip was to get your message across by connecting to others. So instead of, you know, drilling and being sword, like, um, connect with them. Like, so here are both of our goals are this. So how can we work together to, you you know, something like that. So it's kind of like exercising this idea of com- connection and empathy and compassion. And then also, I love this part. She suggested setting or creating a strong fence. So the metaphor she used was a fence, right? Creating boundaries. And these boundaries are usually we feel a sense of resentment when we feel our boundaries have been crossed. And she even said that that emotion of resentment is telling you that your boundaries have been crossed in some way and that it's really important that you uh, pay attention to these, you know, the signs that you need to assert yourself. So resentment is one of the number one emotions that it's time that you need to assert yourself. All right. So she talked about building the, the fence, right? If we were to build a fence that was like weak, uh, then it's easy to fall over and to be pushed over. Whereas if we build a fence that's really rigid and strong and tall, it's almost like building a wall where nothing can get in, nothing can come out. So that's and also not so great. Um, So then her suggestion was is to really build a fence that and build boundaries that, um, you know, you have that wall, maybe you have a gate, you know, and, and you determine what comes in, what goes out and that sort of stuff was her metaphor. I thought that was powerful. Okay. So assertiveness in action, she created the acronym Oscar and I love that. So it's basically ready. Here's the rundown. This is assertiveness in action. Observe the situation. So pay attention. Notice what's going on. Um, Then she talked about uh, sort your thoughts and feelings. So really investigate what it is that you're thinking. Separate the thought from the feeling and the emotion. Then she talks about compassionately communicate. So choose the lantern style to communicate uh, what it is from your self-awareness, from your self-discovery and self-reflection. You can do this now, right? Compassionately communicate connect to others. And then she talked about A is asking questions. So understanding other people's point of view. And then the last one is making clear requests. So request directly and clearly what it is that you need to get your needs met. And so 
Holy cow, this book is so phenomenal on so many levels. We got so much out of it, right? Uh, so this book teaches us the skills that uh, that lead us to more uh, clarity and calmness in our, in our ability to connect to others. It also teaches us that um, we need to really use the idea of self-reflection, self-awareness, self-soothing, and self-compassion uh, in order to understand what it is that's going on for us so that we can effectively communicate communicate with assertiveness. And one of her best tools is to hold this lantern stance of self-expression. And we're able to really have this clarity, this confidence, and this calmness about us. And we're going to be able to connect better to people because um, we'll be able to better communicate with others with compassion. Anyway, that book was so phenomenal. I highly recommend it. The Assertiveness Guide for Women, How to Communicate Your Needs, Set Healthy Boundaries, and Transform your relationship. So powerful and amazing. Um, I do recommend it. If you would like to go to my website, I have links for everything. I have show notes on this book as well. And I hope that helps you a lot. Thank you so much, everybody. If you like this podcast, that's like personal training for your mind. You've got to come over to my website at andreasadel.com where I take all these books. I highlight coach and summarize the content in my unconventional book and coaching club. Let's face it, no one is sunshine and butterflies all the time, but we can make happiness a lifestyle. So I want to invite you to sign up at my website for my freebies and giveaways so that you can start each week positively. Finally, don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you listen to, download and write a review because they really help grow the show.